0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 110. This week, we'll talk a little bit about Verano de Escándalo, AAA's most recent big show. Had a couple of good matches and a lot of matches that you probably could just forget about. There was actually a really great match prior to that, about a week prior, between Hijo Vikingo and Loretto Kid. Uh, we'll talk about Copa Dinastia and a couple of new... Um, little bit of news from from CMLL that happened over the past couple of days. Liger's Farewell is finally happening in Mexico and um, there's actually another title that was vacated in CMLL that will be there will be a new champion crowned within I think a week and also a new promotion has started up in Mexico that's right Nacion Lucha Libre has finally been Uh, Alberto's latest project has been announced and it already, it started off with a bang, much like every other new promotion that comes up in Mexico. This one had that, the the press conference, some big announcements, and then about maybe like two days later, actually during that show, people were wondering what was going to happen because the lineups were a little bit um, strange. And later on, we found out that those lineups would eventually have to change and he actually had to they actually released a new lineup. So we'll talk about that as well, as well as AAA coming to Los Angeles, California, and a lot of lucha coming to Los Angeles, California. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, but first we will talk about Verano de Escandalo. A week prior to Verano de Escandalo, AAA had this show in Monterey. On that show, there was this really great match between Loretto Kid and Hijo del Vikingo. Loretto Kid won the match to retain the AAA World Cruiserweight title. Amazing match. Definitely one of the Match of the Year candidates for this year. And it got a lot of rave reviews. A lot of people talked about it. It got brought up by um, Dave Meltzer. A lot of people started um, asking where they could see it. And, you know, people actually, I think there were a couple of uh, people who got copies of it from Twitch from Triple A side and maybe posted it separately. I don't know what happened, but there was a lot of people who were wa- watching it off, off of you, off of Twitch, off of Triple A's Twitch channels. And but um, definitely that was an amazing match. If you have not seen it, it happened on um, June 9th in Arena Coliseo monterey uh, It was a really great match. So you had that match, and there was I think a lot of people. There was a lot of buzz for Triple A because of that match, and you know the following week triple a had two shows i don't know why they came up with two shows over a weekend well you know honestly i th- i don't think it really matters because now if they tel- televise it you could watch it televised and it'll just flow in that order but i mean if you're going to watch it while it's streaming live you could just watch it back to back or even you know honestly the show prior to that you probably could didn't have to worry about watching cuz it kind of had a lineup that wasn't you know, it was, it didn't look that great, but it ended up being a pretty good show. Um, I didn't watch the last two matches, but I thought it was an okay show. But Verano de Escándalo, I kind of thought, leaning into that that show from the Hijo de Vikingo Loreto Kid buzz, I was hoping they would actually change the lineup a little bit to at least do something where they could fit, feature those two. And they really didn't. They just basically kept the same lineup. I mean, I don't even know how this happened. AAA constantly changes their lineups. Not just like their regular shows, but actually on even like their big shows, they'll actually make a couple of changes. And this time, this might've been the first show that I I can remember. I can't, I can actually remember that not one single thing changed. Uh, It's amazing that that happened. Uh, It's a rarity. And I thought the show itself was a bit of a disappointment. Honestly, I don't think it was as good as, as I think a lot of people were hoping for it to be because I think a lot of people were holding out hope that they would make a few changes. There was a lot of um, mixed... mixed. I don't know, like, I thought there was a lot of um, involvement of... Um, Triple A's kind of gotten into this whole mixed intergender matches, and I think yeah, they're kind of, like, trying to add a lot of that with La Yedra and the Daga, um, Tessa versus Taya Loretto Kid feud. So they, they kind of, like... They're not just doing one match involving half featuring that. Well, and then Fabio versus Hijo Tirante. So you're basically getting a lot of more of that sort of matches. And I kind of thought that was what kind of like hurt the show because you didn't have a single standout. I mean, even like the tag match that they had between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks, I kind of thought that that was something that we had just. A lot of people who actually watch these shows have already seen that a month prior because they watched AEW or they actually, you know. They were expecting a little bit more out of it. And, you know, it was a good match, but I think they were expecting that there would be a little more besides that one match on this show. The undercard, I thought, had a lot of matches that weren't, you know, they didn't really click. And they didn't deliver what I think a lot of people were expecting. The opener. Also, that was the other thing that there was, I mean, during the opener especially, there was a lot of technical difficulties with the video um i heard some of the people who watched it on the english feed on twitch they didn't have as many issues as the people watching on the spanish feed that kind of was an issue for those of us watching because especially the opener because the opener there were a lot of points during the match where it would pixelate and then all of a sudden like you would have somebody like doing some sort of move and then all of a sudden you just see the person going for the pin so you didn't really get anything you weren't really getting the full effect of the match i the little that I saw, it was actually it looked pretty good. I wish they could have a version that was a little cleaner. Um, I'm sure that's the the TV version will probably be a lot cleaner. Unfortunately, I mean, a couple weeks later, at that point, who's gonna want to watch it? Those of you who maybe didn't watch it and are willing to wait to watch it might be the ones that actually will enjoy that. Whereas, unfortunately, if you're listening to this and I'm talking to about this show, you're probably wondering why I was so disappointed in the match, although I did say it was good um other people were kind of a little they couldn't really they said that because of how bad the technical difficulties were they couldn't really judge it and i totally understand that but um, anyways kira ended up winning the triple a reina the reina's title in an opening match which i thought was a little bit weird um that was the other thing i kind of was hoping that triple a would open with the you know their usual really crazy opening match and they didn't do that also you're kind of seeing a lot of the those guys who were part of that triple a run where they had crazy openers they're kind of working a lot more independence so now now they're kind of like starting to lose that although they still get it in the in the Tijuana Mexicali area because they'll bring in those guys for those shows but this match I thought was pretty good like I said technical difficulties aside um, I was I was surprised Kira won just because it kind of seemed like so out of nowhere for this show being that it was also in the opener and it does end lady shani's very underwhelming run as the AAA reina the Reina's champion i don't think it was so much her fault although her performances also were kind of underwhelming but every time she was in a match with Fabi, there was always hijo de tirantes interference a lot of then the other matches never really clicked she she always had something something always came up in her matches that really never never really worked out for her and she kind of she kind of never looked that great it's funny because I kind of thought this weekend that she probably had the best performances that I had seen because she was actually working a, a she actually was adding a little more um, submission holds to her to her uh, move set so I don't know maybe she got to show it off a little more this weekend whereas other times she never really got to show it and you know it was a little bit underwhelming her her title run hopefully she'll get an op- another opportunity but at the same time it being AAA you don't really expect a lot out of these matches um, after that, you had Fabi Apache beating Hijo de Tirantes. And that match was horrible. I take back anything I said about maybe Hijo de Tirantes being a better wrestler than a referee. Turned out I was wrong. He's a way worse wrestler than he is a referee. He's he's bad at both. I don't think he's bad at, bo- at, at both because I think as a referee, he can actually maybe be passable. But the way he's, you know, his character is... Built as a, you know, a heel referee. It doesn't matter. He could be a good referee or a bad referee. He's still gonna be doing the the same stuff that he does. The crap that no one really likes in ref, in in that AAA, you know, storyline. You know, the whole concept of the heel ref just doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, and I thought that was match was disappointing. Although I do I do think they did a good job of having Chica Tormenta being involved, and she kind of carried did a little bit more. Of making it look slightly better on T- Hijo de Tirante's end. Uh, Fabi actually looked good at certain points. But it was it's just you know. You don't really expect much out of those matches. Uh, that was followed by an even worse match. Sammy Guevara and Australian Suicide. Beating Ma- Mamba and Maximo. That match was horrible. Don't watch it. Total. Um, actually the finish was really good. I will say the finish was really good. Uh, but the f- entire match was went really long. I I don't think I, I don't think I I don't think I could take I wish I could take back all that time I wasted watching that match. It was really bad. Um I feel I mean and I think Sammy and Australian Suicide can offer a little more. Um I think Maximo's in that <laughs> La Mascara mode where he's pretty much mailed it in. Um he's not that good now. Um he had a really good run in CML, like for about three or four years. And now he's kind of regressed again to just being, you know, more of a comedy character. After that match, you can, you kind of start getting a little bit of a pick-me-up pick as Loretto Kid and Taya beat T- Daga and Tessa Blanchard. Um, I didn't think it was that great of a match, but I thought it was, a lot, after following those two previous matches, it was way better than those two matches. Um, I kind of expected, I do, I do think I expected a little more out of this match just because of the guy, people involved and Daga and Kid, Loretto Kid are really good. Um, and you know, a lot of people are gonna say, well, maybe Taya and Tessa bl- brought it down, but I don't. I don't even think that. I just think the match was was, you know, this show was just really bad at, at this point, and it just was hard for that to get any more get it get any more like get me more interested in in this show. Um, I thought I I do think that if you separate both parts of this match and have a Daga versus Loretto Kid singles match and they actually had one the previous week the previous night so they they can actually have a good match on their own and i think tessa and and taya could probably have a good match in um in triple a uh if given an opportunity but again a lot of times with the women there's always a lot of interference and stuff like that so you know this match also had a really weird finish too so um but it was still a lot better than the previous matches. That What followed after that match was even worse. <laughs> a lot of people liked... I mean, some people liked this match, but I just didn't really like it. Puma King, Aerostar, and Pagano beat Chessman, Monster Clown, and Killer Cross. Scarlett Bordeaux was accompanying Killer Cross in this match. She got involved a lot, um, helping Killer Cross against Puma King, uh, especially at the end of the... of, of the of the at the, the closing minutes and at the end and the post-match attack. She got involved a lot. Um, this match is probably going to be remembered by most as being the match where Aerostar did a dive off of the off of the light, lighting rig. And he landed in a way where the guy, caught, um, I think it was Monster Clown, caught part of him. Because Monster Clown and I think Chessman were together to catch him. They still needed a third person to catch him, or at least the entire group of guys to catch him. Because it... it, it that did not look safe at all and what ended up happening was um chess man was a little too far to the to the left and aerostar went a little too to the right and monster ended up just grabbing his legs and you could see his shoulder and this part of his like his upper body kind of hit the floor so it looked really bad um aerostar afterwards um, said that he planned on perfecting that dive, <laughs> and I don't know if it's a dive. I can cons- I call it more of a do- a drop, because it did not look like a dive. He said he's going to perfect it. Um, you know, honestly, I told him it was a bad idea. He shouldn't do it. He said he's going to do it anyways. He's a grown ass man. Do whatever you want. It's your life. I'm not going to stop you from doing it. You know, I'm I just won't be tuning in when he when you decide to do that. Um, if you wanna do something stupid in the ring, by all means do it, but don't expect me to watch it. After that, we had the Hijo de Vikingo teaming up with Mysticis Jr. and La Parca versus Rey Scorpion, Tejano Jr. and La Hedra. This match, I think there were I think this also was a match that had a lot of um a lot of botches in it, with um, Hijo de Vikingo surprisingly missing like a, a rope spot, which is weird because I think the same spot Templario missed in the fall fo- the following um on the Friday show for CML. This recent the most recent Friday show. He also kind of did something off the ropes and he also kinda slipped off of them. And those two guys never they very rarely make mistakes in the ring. So it's always weird when you see them that happen to them. And he hope he can Vikingo had that happen. And then he also had something else where it kinda like it kind of it didn't go as well. Misty c's Jr. was the one that kind of like he did a dive and nearly I think I think Rey Scorpion didn't catch him properly, so he also kind of looked like he got hit pretty hard. But this match was another match that I thought wasn't very good, um, unfortunately. It was just not, it wasn't, it wasn't that interesting. I think this is something that I think where Triple A should have just gone with something as like Hijo Vikingo. They should have just qu- switched this all around, had Hijo Vikingo versus somebody else. Maybe even do a rematch with Loretto Kid and just switch everything around. Because this match was, I thought like Yedra, I do think the Mercenarios, they, ha- they wore matching outfits. And I do think that they actually are a far better combination now without La Mascara. I think they kind of have a better, um, They come across better as a group without him. With Rey Scorpion, Tejano Jr., La Yedra, and and Taurus. I do think they kind of come across better together. The seventh match on the show. I think the show went a little... I think it went over three hours. Had the Lucha Brothers beating the Young Bucks. This was the best match on the show. It wasn't even close. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting a little bit more of a... Like surprises. Because I think at one point the previous night... They had mentioned Cody might be at AED, uh, at the Ronaldo Scandalo show. Um, he wasn't there. He would never showed up. And I think there were a lot of people just expected a little bit more. You know, especially with AAA, you kind of expect a little bit more of um, something that would go on. You wouldn't expect uh, something that was relatively clean. Although they they did have Hijo de Tirantes involved in the match. And then they had him, like, knocked out and had another referee get involved. But um, they did a good job of getting the Young Bucks to come across as heels this time around, and the crowd did react to him as Rudos. And this, I thought, this was a really good match. Phoenix hit this really crazy topé where he nearly knocked out the entire couple of rows um, of people. That was fun to watch. You know, Penta lost his at at one point. The Young Bucks took um, Penta's mask off. And he actually disappeared for a couple of minutes. Like I think for about a minute or so looking for his mask to, you know, close out the match. But I thought it was a really good match. I think it probably, there were a lot of people who said the AEW match the previous month was a little bit, be, was, was better. I did not watch that match. But I thought this was, this was way better than the Veron, the Rey the Reyes uh, match. Just because they were given a lot more time. And, you know, the crowd actually reacted to the Young Bucks as you know, people that they knew they were familiar with, they did a good job of finally setting that up. And they, I do think this is something that I'm pretty sure this is probably gonna. That that wasn't the last match that they're gonna have. Obviously, being an AEW, they're gonna have another 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 a couple several matches over the years. But if it lasts, like you know, for their television and stuff like that. But I would guess. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens uh, a rematch in Triple Mania would happen just because I think AAA definitely wants AEW involvement on their shows. But like I said, I thought this was really the best match on the show. If this would have been, if this th- I think this match probably if this show would have had at least something slightly better underneath, I think this would have been a, a good I would have considered this a good show, but it like I said, the first ha- the entire undercard wasn't that great. Very disappointing, but this match definitely something people should go out of their way to watch. Um, the main event Dr. Wagner Jr and Psycho Clown beating Taurus and Blue Demon Jr. Taurus and Psycho Clown worked their butts off and had a really good match. They did a lot of stuff that, you know, you always know they're going to give a lot of effort and they did delivered on that end. Wagner Jr and Blue Demon Jr you're basically they basically went to the brawling blood. That's what they're going to do mass ripped a lot of blood. And that's what you expect. And I think that's what they gave the fans. I thought this was a a, a, a a slightly good main event. The other thing in this main event was, I mean, how can you not enjoy seeing Ray Wagner and his, you know, Ray Wagner, you know, he, I think we all know that ever since Ray Wagner dropped his mask, he's become a fashion icon in Lucha Libre. And Ray Wagner... He's done something that I think has already increased the interest in Triple Mania, especially in that mass versus hair match that he's going to have with Blue Demon Jr. You know, initially a lot of people were had their doubts about this being a big match, but Ray Wagner did something incredible. And it, I think a lot of people probably caught it for the first time during this weekend, uh, because maybe they weren't paying a a lot of attention to Ray Wagner for the past month. But, um, Ray Wagner now has hair extensions and he has ridiculously long hair. It is is awesome. It is hilarious. A lot of wrestling reporters, journalists, insiders, they do a lot of research, historians, researchers, whatever you want to call them. They do a lot of research on a lot of things, you know, about attendance, drawing ability, uh, wrestlers' careers, you got Bix uncovering legal issues over the years within wrestling, uh, lawsuits, whatnot. And then you have me. What do I like to research? Well, you all already know my, my number one research thing is obviously uh, getting to know less. Diosas del Ring from CMLL. Perhaps, I am perhaps the number one expert in all things CMLL, Diosas del Ring. Going back to when they first started. Now I probably forget, forgot most of everything that has to do with them. But the other thing I researched recently was Ray Wagner's hair extensions. That's right. I took time out of my busy schedule to re- do a little research on Ray Wagner's hair extensions. And I uncovered that his he started growing his hair back in, I think, late May. Might have been May 25th or so when he first showed up with hair extensions. It was on a AAA show, but he might have been on indie shows with those hair extensions. Prior to that time period, he did not have hair extensions. So you're talking about Ray Wagner at some point in May realizing that he had to have long hair to make more people want to watch that Master versus hair match against Blue Demon Jr. at Triple Mania. And do I think more people are buying tickets to see that? Of course they are. I mean you just have to look at this hair this hair is amazing um every couple of minutes in this match Ray Wagner's hair would get in front of his you know in front of his face and he had to remove it so he could continue to see what was going on in matches and I thought that looked amazing kind of reminded me of um I don't know how many people you how many of you remember Fabio from those old commercials how he would like turn like like he would like they would do the slow-mo and his hair would go from one side to the other or he would like grab like remove it from covering up his face Um, that kind of was what ray wagner was doing in this match and i thought that was amazing add add in the blood of blue demon jr ray wagner and the work rate of psycho clown and taurus and this match was good and i thought that was definitely something i look forward to with dr wagner jr and um, blue demon jr they added my they piqued my interest for triple mania i think now i think now i could sit through five hours of triple mania if you would have asked me prior to verano de escandalo if i could sit through watching triple mania live streamed for five hours i would have said hell no you can't trick me again although I've been tricked for the past five years. I think it might be that time. Uh, I'm sure you guys recall previous podcasts where Kurt Brown has mentioned how I missed going to a live show to watch Triple Mania once. I think twice, actually. I think one once was for the Legend show and then once was for Superboy's, Superboy's birthday party wrestling show or something. And then one time I watched Triple Mania thinking I could actually th- sit through it because I, we were going to do a, a podcast two podcasts the following day and it ended up being like, I think we, I think at that point we kind of decided we would never (laughs) do that again. Do two Lucha podcasts covering Triple Mania. We did it for Lucha Talk and we did it for Lucha World. And um, that was one of the biggest mistakes we ever made. And we refused to ever do that again. And I actually watched five hours of those shows. I said at that time, I would never do it again. But like I said, Ray Wagner's hair may have convinced me to watch Triple Mania live again. So I don't know. You know, that's going to be a tough, tough one. Um, Stay tuned. That's coming up in August. Uh, There's a lot going on also with AAA. Like I said, they had that Cancun show the previous day. Um, That show was, um, if you're going to watch it on Twitch or you're going to watch it on when it gets posted to YouTube, um, there were a couple of, uh, I thought the undercard was pretty good. I didn't watch the last two matches just because there's only so much AAA I could watch over a weekend. And I honestly, it's not just AAA. There's only so much wrestling I could watch over a weekend. And nowadays I've been watching a lot of old school wrestling also. So, uh, there, I gotta, I gotta, like, I gotta schedule this stuff and, or time how much I, I can watch all this stuff. But, um, I thought that show was okay. Triple uh, A made another uh, an announcement. They this past week, they held a press conference in Los Angeles. Uh, I don't think anybody actually knew about this besides the media outlets that they sent it. They sent press releases to, or sent invitations to. Um, they did not. I don't think they sent anything to any wrestling people, um, because a lot of the people who were who were announcing, or. Um, Mentioning the triple Ma- the the press conference where people that were from the entertainment industry, it's like blogs that cover um, entertainment, I think one of the I think one of the blogs that covered um, Lucha Underground when I went to the press tour also covered it. But it, they held the press conference at the forum to announce that Triple A's LA show will be held on October thirteenth at the forum. It pretty much re- they also announced pretty much the same group of. Um, Rustlers that were announced for the Madison Square Garden show in New York in September—they pretty much announced the same group of rustlers. We still don't know if any of those guys, how many of those guys have visas to work the show. They list Ijo Vikingo. I think everybody's waiting for Ijo Vikingo to get his visa. There's currently two rustlers that everybody is waiting for to get their visas from Mexico: Ijo Vikingo and Aramis. Right now are the two guys, and both guys don't seem to ever have any. They keep saying they're going to get them at some point. And it has not, it has not happened yet. And I'm sure when it does, those guys will be in heavy demand. There's only so many guys that, I mean, there's only so many guys that are available on the indie scene, especially with the guys with the start of AEW and guys having to go, you know, commit to that promotion, and you know, so many guys going to W signing with WWE and all the other like the brands that they have there needs to be some new blood within the independency. And I think that's where a lot of the promoters are looking to get their guys, a couple of guys from Mexico adding Aramis and, um, you would be amazing. And I do think they'll end up coming at some point, but yeah, that LA show, um, tickets already went on sale this past Friday, June 21st. I don't know. I I'm undecided whether I'm going to go or not. I, I kind of need to know the lineup just because I don't, I'm not really into going to big events. I kind of like going to indie shows more than anything, uh, just because it's so much easier to go to get interviews. And like a lot, you get to hang hang out with your friends, talk to people. Whereas if you're going to a big event, you might not even see them. So the other news that came up recently, Alberto El Patron and a group of investors announced the formation of Nacion Lucha Libre with their first show starting on July 11th, they already announced that they have a TV deal with, a, with Imagen TV. They also announced their first card that same day at the press conference. They were talking about how this was going to be a big show and everything. So when they announced their their first lineup, their first show, um, they actually announced that Tineblas and Dos Caras would be honored on that show. But... The other big, ba- which is funny because, you know, they, everybody, as soon as they saw the lineup, they kind of felt that it was going to be like a full show, um, TNA Abla's Jr.'s promotion. So it kind of just came across like that. So when they announced the lineup, they had a lot of guys who were working um, with AAA. You know, they're un- either under contract with AAA or they're independent guys who are currently wrestling with AAA. And um, a lot of those guys currently can't work for promotions that have TV in Mexico. So that's why you don't see, like, the Lucha Brothers on, on, on CML shows anymore because now that, um, AAA's on Azteca TV and, and CML's on, on Televisa, they can't really, like, be on those shows. So they actually had announced Ray Wagner, uh, Penta Zero M, Ray Phoenix, Loretto Kid, Black Taurus, Puma King, Daga, Flamita—they announced all these guys being on the show, and I think by the next day, they had already announced that they were already told that some of those guys could not get be used for that show. The Wrestling Observer Newsletter mentioned that a lot of those guys were not told when they agreed to work that show that that was going to be on tele- that that would have be televised, so they were kind of they kind of felt that they were lied to. Had they known that it was going to be televised, they probably would have never agreed to do the show just because they understood what the deal was with AAA. And so they all ended up getting pulled off the show. And so the lineup ended up getting a a new, like they pretty much got rid of all those guys. And they basically added Ray Horace versus Bandito. And L.A. Park is now added onto the show as well as his sons, Hijo de L.A. Park and L.A. Park Jr. And I think they also have a Luchador Sorpresa um, scheduled for that I would not be shocked if it's well, you know, it's got to be somebody from America that might be on the on that. I don't know; it could be a luchador because it's um it's Chavo Guerrero Jr. and the Mecha Wolf versus Matt Seidel and the Luchador Sorpresa. Um, I think it's probably going to be an American guy, but the card kind of already looks like it's already diminished. Just because it, the the undercard kind of got weakened with all the guys who were pulled, they actually have Flamita on the card, and I don't even think Flamita's going to be in the in, in Mexico at that point because he's still um, on the Dragon Gate tour. I don't know how long. I think if that's going to, I think that runs through that time period also. He might be out of that by that point. Uh, but you know, they all got pulled off the show, so you know, already off to a bad start for Alberto. I kind of think it it just kind of feels like every single other promotion that's kind of been a a new promotion that's coming up. They come up and they kind of talk about all these things they're going to do and how different they are going to be from other promotions. Then they kind of announce a lineup that's very similar to almost all those promotions that fell apart. In fact, this lineup kind of looks a lot like those, um, those full shows that, um, I think they were the full affiliate shows that from like last year with Alberto El Patron and Jack Swagger. Um, even like some of the, the crash shows that worked outside of um, Tijuana had kind of had a vibe similar to this with, um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Carlitos on this card, too. So, you know, like you like with MVP and Apollo and Carlito and all those guys, that's kind of what these shows feel like. I don't know how long I don't I don't I think everybody's kind of giving it a few months for this to last. I kind of agree. I probably will. I, I don't give it more than any a year to survive. I would say three to six months because um, I don't know if that's going to draw. Um, Alberto's last shows where he's worked as an independent didn't draw well. And I'm not sure. I think unless L.A. Park's drawing ability, this is going to truly test L.A. Park's drawing ability. If, he draw, if they're able to draw well, um, I think he's going to take some of the credit and he's probably going to try to get more money out of this group. And who knows? They're probably gonna have to pay it for for, because if he's not on the show, there's no chance they're gonna draw well. Yeah, that that show. I don't know. Hopefully, it the works works well. But I'm not. I don't have. I'm not holding my breath for this one. Um, some CMLL news: Metalico debuted this past week as a referee in CMLL, and he's now changed his name to Tigre Infante, and in, in a. An homage to his, you know, Tigre Metalico name from prior to um, changing it to Metalico, and also to Pedro Infante. So he's combined those two together, and now he's a referee as Tigre Infante. Um, he's probably already the best referee in the promotion, uh, or the second best. Who knows? That's something that was gonna happen at some point. They made it seem like that. They made it seem like the plan wasn't like official until after you know the the retirement match but i think this was something that was planned way ahead uh as soon as tirantes quit cmll i'm guessing they had already planned on moving on to having him join the having somebody join the referees role and uh, metallico's at that age where he probably had to consider uh, a career change and you know i think this probably will get him more bookings too so um it might actually benefit him The other news from this past week from CML was Dragon Lee vacating the CML lightweight title. They actually called it the super lightweight title, which was the old name that the title was known for as. And they announced the Torneo Cibernetico with the final two heading to a title match the following week. And that Torneo Cibernetico happened. Um, The guys who were in it were Flyer, El Audaz. Super Astro Jr., Hijo del Viano tercero, Star Jr., Electrico, Coato-san, Príncipe Diamante, Halcon Suriano Jr., and, Son, and Sonic. I think right away a lot of people, you could pretty much eliminate like about half of the guys in this. And what ended up happening was Audaz and Coato-san reached the final. I think that might actually be a good match. Coato-san has actually looked a little better of late. He's doing a. He's doing a little more. He kind of. He kind of seems like a little more comfortable in the matches. He's. He's been having. He's also been working a lot with a lot better, talent. Um, he's not in there with like the. I'm. He's still in. I'm sure he's still in there with scrubs during the weekend shows and the shows that we don't, really watch. But of late on Friday shows, he's been in there with better, um, you know, better talent around him as partners and as opposition. And he's gonna get all those, and I think that's that's that should be a good match. I think this was a good thing for CML to do. Uh, Dragon Lee wasn't going to drop the title to any of these guys. Uh, it didn't really benefit him, and at the same time, none of these guys, other than really Aldaz, I don't know if any of these other guys would have actually benefited from beating Dragon Lee. I think Aldaz would have just. I think he could have skyrocketed to you know semi-main event spot. Probably started getting that opportunity to be the next guy who got a big push as a technical. But the other guys, I don't think had um, had much. I mean, there, there's guys in this that I think are talented. Like I think Halcon Suriano Jr. is amazing, and Super Astro Jr. is too. Electrico is talented, but I mean, I don't think you would expect them to be guys who suddenly beat would beat Dragon Lee. Um, even Inoviano Tercero, I don't, I don't think you could possibly like move him that quickly into like beating a guy like that. He's probably somebody that could do it at some point. But right now, I mean, he's not even at the level. Like, his brother is way better than him right now. And, you know, I think this match... I think the only thing I didn't like about this um, Torneo Cibernetico is that they only had two Rudos in this. It kind of, like, it didn't seem like the odds were fair. They could have thrown in Distribuo and Virus just to make it a little bit of a stronger um, Torneo Cibernetico. Um, because they are lightweights and i think it would have made it a little bit more interesting i don't know how i'm sure it's i'm i'm sure it's a good match and i would be interested in watching it because it's got a lot of guys that are pretty good and i'm sure the final might be just as good i hope aldaz wins but i have a feeling kawato san's gonna be the one that ends up winning (laughs) just because i think that might be the 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 plan to like i could see him winning and because there's eight technicals that were in this match i could see, see see him getting um title defenses against a couple of those guys as challengers and then eventually maybe Aldaz winning it and then you kind of switch over to Aldaz versus Higodiano Tercero as the as the, the lightweight program at some point Copa Dinastia ended Chavez brothers beat Rush and Bestia del Ring in the final um, Chavez brothers were good um, the match wasn't that good it's good to see the Chavez brothers kind of getting this cool push and I thought they looked good in the in the match Um, What really was the best match on this whole, this entire tournament was the previous week. Chavez brothers worked against the Dragon Lee and Mystico, the Munoz brothers. And they were, that match was great. I actually think that would be something that they should, CML should go to at some point again. Just because I thought those guys were awesome. Going up against each other. I don't know what CML, why CML. They have Mystico. They, they do... They they should probably do a little more with him. I know a lot of people don't think he's that great of a worker, but I think they should really do a lot more than they actually do with him, um, especially just to change the, the and especially in the tag team like with him teaming up with Dragon Lee. I think that would be perfect. Um, I think just just to kill the 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 repetitive repetitiveness of of CMLL's um, shows I think is that that would be reason enough to have Mystico and Dragon Lee as a tag team and have them be featured in tag team matches I think CMLL should do a lot more tag team matches and not just have them be like the undercard tag match and you know or during tag team tournaments they should actually do something with the tag titles and do it a little more frequently and not make it not bury it and yeah, actually come up with good tag teams um, they dropped the ball a couple years ago when they had a lot more um, talent and and had more possibilities of tag teams. And right now they have a good a good little mix of um, guys that they could do tag team, a tag team division that makes sense with um Grand Girl, Euphoria as a tag team, um, the Chavez Brothers, Dragon Lee and Mystico, Terrible and Rouge. Um, they also could always go go back to the Carverio Hechicero tag team. That was really awesome. A couple of from about what was the last year that they had a they, they worked as a tag team. I think that's something they should really do. Chavez brothers are really good. I do hope they get a title match with um, Grand Girl Euphoria. The other thing I thought it was interesting that they had this show and I kind of thought because it was the Copa Dinastia final that they might actually do a little more because if you recall, CML said they were going to do a monthly big show and this I thought would have been the show where they could have had like a title match under, underneath with the Copa Dinastia or some other big match and they didn't do it. So it ended up just being another regular Friday show. Um, they didn't really hype it as a big deal other than the Copa Dynastia final. And I think they already forgot about the big events every month. And that's CMLL for you. You know, they, they kind of do this sort of thing and it kind of just falls apart the following week. The following day, really. I mean, Austin Theory made his debut in CMLL. He came in through the cra- the, the crash relationship. I thought he looked okay. He didn't look that great. He was not as good as... He did not have the the performance, the standout performance that Mecca Wolf and Adam Brooks had. He seems like he's a good wrestler, but I don't think he fits Lucha. I think he's more of a guy who's kind of headed towards the WWE. And I don't even think he's even be, going to be back in, in CMLL again. So, you know, that was one of those random bring them one shot deal type of situations for CMLL. There was a debut in, in CML that I'm actually kind of excited about. Um, CML, I think CML brought in a couple of um, guys from the Ma- Laguna area. They brought in, um, I think, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? The Chavez brothers brought mentioned that one of their cousins had been um, had moved in to Mexico City and started training in Arena Mexico, um, who wrestles as Redentor. Um He has started showing up on indie shows. But he's training in Arena Mexico. I would guess he would probably be in CML at some point. But he showed up, and another guy who actually made his way to CML also is Dulce Gardena, who has actually been very good in the 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 you know the Torreon area, one of the laguneros. Ultimo Guerrero recommended him, so you already know he's getting um he's gonna get an opportunity. Uh, he's going to get an opportunity to fill out um, Maximo's spot as the exotico on CMLL shows, which is something that they've actually been missing and they've kind of been wanting to like, to, to fill. Uh, If you recall a couple of years ago, they were going to fill it out with um, Demasiado, but Demasiado got hurt. And I think he was out for about six months to a year. And when he came back, he was not, um, I think he mentioned he was trying to get back in shape and he never got another shot to be, um, we never heard back from him possibly coming back to, um, CML, CMLL and he's actually pretty good too. Um, but Dulce Gardena, kind of, I think he's talented and I think he's somebody that he's way better than Maximo. So that's already a plus. Um, he's a little bigger than I expected. Cause they mentioned he was six feet tall and I think he's probably more of a light heavyweight. So, or a welterweight. So he's already middleweight, welterweight, light heavyweight, kind of in that class. I, I thought he was a, a smallish welterweight at one point but he kind of looks like he's in the he's probably heavier than a welterweight but he might be in that middleweight light heavyweight class so i think he's probably going to be somebody that once he's kind of become a regular i would not be shocked to to see him getting a a decent pushed a decent push in cmll he looks good also i think he, he looked good in the in the highlights that i've seen of him and he's already gotten a little bit of um there's already been some um mention of him some positive uh, feedback on him Um, the other news from cml is that they also announced that jushin thunder liger would be having his farewell to cmll in arena mexico july 19th Um, the lucha libre rail promotion had actually mentioned that liger would be at their show uh, for the expo lucha or expo museo thing in for july 20th and they later revealed that they would also be in arena coliseo but then that, that, um, that announcement was mentioned through um, the Lucha Libre Real group, but CML kind of like isn't mentioning it. I'm sure they'll probably mention it at some point, but it probably wasn't something that they were planning on saying right now. They probably want to have everybody know that the farewell will be in, um, in Arena Mexico. Uh, that, I think, is being treated as a big deal. I would not be shocked if that was the big show for, um, for July. I don't know if they're gonna announce it, like one of those shows where they're like, "Oh, big show, Jushin Liger's farewell." Plus, these and ha- like stack the lineup. Um, it could just be a, a regular Friday show with Liger's for uh, you know being advertised as Liger's farewell to Me- Arena Mexico. That's gonna be a big deal. I mean, Liger. I hope it's something. I hope the match they pick is something that's good. I I think a lot of people were hoping that they have like a mix of like Liger maybe teaming up with like. I would actually kind of like it if it was Liger, Titan, and Dragon Lee versus like Narokasa's Carvernario and somebody else who's a regular in New Japan um, or somebody younger. But it'll probably end up being Ultima Guerrero or somebody like that. Um, but you know, even that combination wouldn't be would would be pretty good, would be excellent. Um, I worry that it's just gonna be one of those legends type of matches where it's just like you know Liger teaming up with Atlantis and Octagon versus Narokasa's. Uh, who's the other legend that um, ultimo guru and force i or something like that and i don't want that i kind of want something a little bit with a couple of young guys so they could get a little bit of of a rub from ligers for well uh, plus a lot of the i think i think a lot of the guys from this generation they see liger kind of like what the previous generation saw tiger mask So you kind of have a lot of the younger guys who kind of like... That's a guy who they consider a a star to them, a legend. So it'd be kind of fun for them to be part of that. Um, So that should be something that's going to be coming up. Uh, On the independent scene, I actually have indie news. Um, The PAL Alliance that everybody was so excited about. That was formed just a few months ago. Or what was it, last year or whatever. Um, It's already fallen apart. Lucha memes... Broke away from PAL. Apparently, Generacion 21 might have also left. So, um, they actually had a press conference. This pa- press conference was also featuring Vampiro, who announced that he not only has the early stages of Alzheimer's but also Parkinson's. He was actually booked to work an IWRG show in uh, I think later this month, and it was can't. I oh, actually it was on on, on Ju- June twenty third, and he later. Uh, I guess they they removed them from the match. Um, because he was unable to wrestle. Um, but he still said uh, in the press conference, he said he still planned to give it a shot. He's going to train and stuff. I don't know what he's thinking. Uh, that's crazy. Promoters would have to be crazy to even book him at this point. If he's talking about... And that, you know, early stages, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's isn't the only stuff that he's saying is wrong with him. He's saying there's a lot of other stuff that's wrong with him. So if you follow his um, his um his Facebook page, I think every single time he does a video, there's something other health issue that he suffered through or is suffering through. And I don't know about that. It, it's crazy. The, the other thing from the, from the, from the Pell press conference, they announced the Guerrero's Aztec wrestling promotion from Chicago is the first U S group to join that Alliance. I think they're somehow affiliated with the group that um, that's known as Galley in, um, in that in Chicago, the Cubs fan and I were trying to figure it out. Cubs fans, I think, I think Cubs fan kind of figured out that they're, they are affiliated. I kind of noticed that also at first I kind of thought maybe they're separate, but then once I went on their accounts and you look at the, the whole, like the, the names and stuff like that, and then like, they always hashtag each other. So it kind of seems like maybe it's just a, 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 another combination of that group, uh, another, just like an affiliate, kind of like a brand split or something that they're trying to do um i don't know what they're trying I, it's just one it kind of feels like it's a brand split type of deal so but they were added um i would not be shocked if they end up if both groups even end up at being added to that um they also mentioned that they're going to have um affiliates or have people within or the florida and uh, puerto rico rico regions join the pal alliance um who knows what groups that will be um they were going to hold a press conference next month to announce more of that um, that's just really, um, just more confusion to add to the whole alliance of the pal, of PAL. I know Max Wrestling's still in that, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those strange situations. Indie match to watch: Aramis versus Demonio Infernal from the June nineteenth PAL show. Great match, watch it. Aramis is a star. He did a he did an interview with Mas Lucha where he said that he he plan on getting a visa to travel to the united states within 2-3 months i think a lot of people if you're really gonna if you're really gonna go with the idea that that's going to happen within 2-3 months you should realize that this stuff this stuff works in mexican time and the odds of it happening within 2 or 3 months are probably at 50-50 maybe even less i would say more likely give it a few months more or maybe even like 2-3 years because these guys take forever to get their visas, so um, don't don't hold your hopes for it to happen in time for any big event coming up in um, September or October on the indie scene. Be more look forward to it more likely later, maybe early next year or later on. Um, I would be shocked if it happened earlier. Uh, some big shows. In the, actually, some a lot of luchadores are coming to the United States. They've been coming a lot. I mean, we've been getting a lot of guys. Uh, but uh, we're finally getting a couple of... Um, we're finally getting a lot of people coming in, in in July. PWG's July 26th show has a trios match with Black Taurus making his debut for PWG. He'll be teaming up with Loretto Kid and Puma King versus Flamita, Bandito, and Ray Horace. That should be a good show, good match. A lot of those guys have been coming into the United States. I think Torres had already worked a few shows here and locally for the last year or two. And the week prior to that, Baja Stars USA is running in Huntington Park, California. And they have Sobrano Jr. and Ray Horace, Extreme Tiger on the show. And they also have LaMosca on it, which is kind of the bummer. Um, they actually have a lot of, um, they actually have some of the um, undercard guys that you might see on the crash. They're going to be on that show. I think um, Tiago and Unicornio, a couple other guys, and a lot of the local guys. I think I know Superboy's kids are going to be working that show. So that's a show to definitely check out if you can't make it to PWG. I would say every month you're probably going to see at least several luchadors show up on on indie shows just because a lot of those guys are starting to like travel a little more, um, especially the same like the same old guys like Carbonario and Dragon Lee, Caristico roosh being in ring of honor uh bandido the the triple a guys you know and so on i i kind of i think people are expecting a few of those other guys like that haven't been here like aramis to start showing up and you know i think that's that's going to be the next wave of guys i think aramis latigo ares is already like wrestling he's somebody else that should actually be working more frequent than the u.s also but yeah that's that's about it for this um this week's show Check out all the updates on LuchaWorld.com. Also, if you want to listen to some of the previous shows, LuchaWorld podcasts, you could check them out at the LuchaWorld. Um, they're archived on the LuchaWorld Podbean account, LuchaWorld.Podbean.com. You could find all the archives as well, some of the old Slam and Stan episodes, as well as a lot of interviews. Uh, it's also on iTunes. All of that stuff is on iTunes. I'll probably be adding more of that stuff down the road. So thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you again very soon.